Tanya and Al are visiting Dildo. That's not a euphemism, Siaso. We await their return, but so as not to spurn, we present you this best of the pod show. Previously on Letterkenny. Recorded on April 22nd, 2021. You're having Thirsty Thursday with your pals the other day. Welcome to the Produce Stand, a podcast paying tribute to the great Canadian show Letterkenny. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are many other podcasts about Letter Kenny out there, but this one is about to get wondrous. I'm Al, your host, and joining me on in the room, as always, is a lovely Tanya. And online, we have Squirrely Matt and the Valorous Victor. And of course, the reason we're all here today, we are thrilled to welcome our very special guest. He is a veteran of Canadian movie and tele- television industry. His IMDb is impressive with appearances on The L Word, Godiva's Smallville, Flashpoint, The Don Cherry Story 2, Saving Hope, a recurring role on Supernatural, a regular cast member on Less, on Less Than Kind, and many, many more. He's been nominated twice as Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series for his role on Less Than Kind by the Canadian Screen Awards and as Best Lead Actor in the Television Film or Miniseries mini for his role in The Phantoms. In 2016, he was nominated by the Montreal International Film Festival Awards in the Best Actor category for his role as Edward K. Welling Jr. in this short film To Be or Not To Be based on the story by Kurt Vonnegut. His latest film was just released called The Picture Perfect Wedding, but we all know and love him best as the leader of the skids on Letterkenny Please join me in making some noise for Tyler Johnson. Wondrous. Oh my god. Wow, well done. Well done. Oh my god. I regret nothing. Welcome to the produce stand, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure when to come in there. I, I, I missed a couple opportunities and, and it just kept going. <laughs> we try to Is make that a up, game you guys play. Is that, yeah. Is that something you guys, yeah. <laughs> we try I'm to sure make up work. the guests. Try to make up for a lack work. of a studio audience. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Tyler. Hey, no problem. I mean, I reached out enough times. I figured it was uh, time you let me on your show. Oh, that was, that's very kind of you to say that you reached out. Yes. <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> oh, speaking of shots fired, before we started recording, Victor decided he was going to insult your, your favorite NHL team. Do you, want, do you have any rebuttal for, for Victor's favorite team, which is the New Jersey Devils? <laughs> okay, I was going to ask uh, who his favorite team was. It's a sensitive spot for me right now. The Canucks are down and out, but uh, I can appreciate a good joke too. And it was a good joke. So I'm going to let Victor off the hook on that one. <laughs> All right. And, and we are connected there with the Hughes brothers. So so there's that. <laughs> there's that. And he said his son's favorite hockey team is... Uh, is the Vancouver Canucks. So clearly the Absolutely. apple fell really far from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the right direction, of course. <laughs> yes, <in> the, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tyler, uh, where are you speaking to us from today? From Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And that's where you call home? That is my home. I uh, was born and raised in Coquitlam, which is a suburb of Vancouver. And I moved to Vancouver in my early 20s. And I've uh, been living out here since. My uh, mom and dad live, you know, 20 minutes away or 45 minutes away. So it's, it's very much my uh, my home. And I can't see myself really going anywhere else. Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. So we're going to get to uh, Letter Kenny. But first, let's just talk about your career kind of leading up to, to the show. Um, how did you get into acting? My younger sister, Kelsey, and I 
grew up acting in Vancouver at a young age. So actually, my mother used to send us on the Sky Train, which is the metro in the uh, in, in Vancouver. Here, she sent us on the Sky Train, and we would go take uh, you know teen acting classes. So we would learn how to audition and learn how to dissect scenes and things like that. And my mom always would say to Kelsey and I, you know, if you guys become actors, great. But if not, you develop public speaking skills. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how to speak in front of a group of people. You de- you know, you know, you know how to build relationships and. Uh, it just kind of continued onward for me. I, I got uh, a commercial when I was like 15. It was a Doritos commercial. And then I got some jobs when I was 17. And then it just sort of continued naturally from there. But uh, I, I wanted to get into acting from a young age. Like I always remember watching TV and wanting to be in the TV. And I was very outgoing and was mm-hmm. doing plays with my friends. Like uh, uh, I, I do remember wanting to be a Power Ranger and expressing <laughs> that to my mom. And I think honestly, Power Rangers is a big... Uh, big reason for me getting into acting you know wow. at, you know 11 12 <laughs> yeah yeah and i actually had an opportunity i auditioned for power rangers when i was like 20 or something and i got a call back and i was so excited <laughs> it didn't happen uh you know but uh, that would have been a crazy crazy experience yeah it's not, too late. it's not too late <laughs> no i mean i i think it is like uh sometimes you know <laughs> even with letter candy i'll read that we're you know the skids have to dance and i'm like oh my gosh like it's not six years ago like i my, my dance moves have uh decreased you know my flexibility and my, my durability <laughs> did, did you have like a martial arts background or moves that or, or did that matter i I grew up doing all sorts of stuff. I was mm-hmm. a very active young person. I um, played hockey and I played lacrosse. I played soccer. I played some baseball, but I grew up playing hockey and lacrosse as my two main sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some karate when I was younger. Um, you know, I did swimming. I did uh, I did some downhill skiing. I was kind of doing a bunch of everything as a young person. I even did some dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a hip hop class with my buddy when we were teenagers. I did a couple uh, musicals in high school. So. I was a pretty well-rounded young person, mm-hmm. um, which has been great moving into acting because a big thing in acting, you want to be a well-rounded individual so you can bring certain dynamics to characters. Yeah. So uh, some of the acting teachers in the past have mentioned, you know, to become a better actor, you kind of just want to become a better, more diversified person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of acting is movement, right? I mean, uh, especially uh, uh, <laughs> Stuart. Stuart has a lot of interesting movement. Uh, you know. uh, <laughs> so it, so. Uh, it, it started season one. Jared sent that video to to the skids, um, those cyber goths underneath uh, underneath the bridge. You know mm-hmm. that ra- yep. kid, all those young people raving, oh, yeah. and he's like, "I want you guys to dance like this." So season one, we had that um, scene outside of the. Uh, uh, was it? What was it? Um, I can't store. remember exactly. Uh, yeah, but it was before that even. It was like, uh, anyway, it was outside of an old church and we oh, were yeah. just dancing our little skid hearts out. And then it, then they just continued uh, as a theme throughout the show. And mm-hmm. then Evan and I, and we would incorporate just movements into the scene, out of the scene, during the scene. And then we're just kind of like these little dancing a weasel <laughs> like things you know yeah uh what was your first uh kind of speaking role that you can remember other than the commercial i mean like on a television show or movie yeah it was on a show called romeo so mm-hmm. um Li- little romeo the rapper and um, actor was the star of the show and i got a guest star the character's name was blake i'll never forget it and he was one of the bullies of the episode so i um 
I, I know I threw a rock through the principal's window or something and I got in trouble and it was like two or three days on set. And I didn't, I had no idea what was going on. I remember being in the trailer and turning to, to one of the, uh, the crew members and asking what I was to do next. Cause I just didn't know, you know, there's a whole process on set. You go to your trailer, you got to sign in with the AD and then you go to hair and makeup or you get your wardrobe first. And I had no idea what was going on. And I remember the crew member just looked at me and she's like, is this your first day? I'm like, it is. Uh, like, You're it so is. green. eh? And I don't know what to do. You know? Um, so that was a show called Romeo. And then after that, I did some bit parts. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty significant role for my first speaking role. And then I did some like, uh, you know, teenager number three and party goer number five and those type, kind of roles for a number of months. And, uh, and then, yeah, I just, it just sort of naturally, uh, naturally progressed from there. Would you say that uh, before letter Kenny, uh, less than kind would be your kind of career highlight before letter Kenny? Yeah. Um, I was saying the other day, I probably have, less than kind to thank for my letter Kenny position mm -hmm. less than kind was a popular show here in Canada. And it wasn't, uh, it didn't have very much viewership, but it was critically acclaimed. It won plenty of awards. We did four seasons and, uh, I know Jared watched it in its entirety oh. and uh, we've talked about that in its past, uh, in the past story. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely say, and you know, I got to work with Mark McKinney, who is a, a mm. comedy genius and to watch that guy create on set was a big learning tool for me. And, uh, I got to, I, I don't know how many episodes I did 20 of those maybe or something. And it was a, uh, it was a very, very cool experience. I actually keep in touch with Jesse Camacho, who's the lead actor of that. And we, uh, we talk a lot about Survivor mainly, uh, but we, we do we do keep in touch. <laughs> so you don't share Jared's uh, views on reality shows then? <laughs> we have a lot of different views, Jared and I. And and sometimes Jared and Wayne have slightly different views, too, yeah. oh, believe okay. it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there isn't really a star system in Canada for actors or musicians, for that matter. Uh, we know Jared's story of making a go of things down south before coming back to Canada and ultimately achieving his success. How strong is Hollywood's pull for you? Are you content to stay in Canada? You'd already mentioned you wouldn't want to leave Vancouver, but uh, are you are you content to to just keep on you know working in Canadian television and film? Now that I'm in my 30s, I feel very content being here in Canada. In my early 20s, there was major pressure to go down to Los Angeles. And I was there for, for a number of pilot seasons, probably mm -hmm. five or six, uh, come January, February of every year, uh, me and a friend would drive down and we'd have, you know, one or two roommates and, uh, we would do the pilot season thing. And mm -hmm. we had a lot of fun. It was almost like our college years, not, you know, we didn't really go to college. So it was sort of like a really fun experience. We got to meet actors from all over our country as well as American actors, producers, directors, but it never really felt like home. And, uh, Having a successful career in Canada and being able to tell Canadian stories has been something that I've always been very, very proud of. And then obviously with Letterkenny having the success that it has, we haven't had to shy away from being Canadian at all. We, you know, mm -hmm. we really, really lean into it. And uh, with this, this movement, guys like Jared and Jay Baruchel, uh, they're trying to move a lot of content back to Canada because they've gone to America and they've had successes or had whatever journeys they've had and they want to come home and and uh, share stories from our great nation as well. Like we always kind of mask over our stories and throw in Seattle or throw yeah. in New York. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's changing, you know, with, with shows like Letter Kenny and shows like Shit's Creek. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Shows like uh, Kim's Convenience, even. Uh, that's that's the latest one, right? Kim's Convenience. And, you know, it's funny. As a Canadian, mm-hmm. we know what shows are very popular here and have done mm-hmm. well, but you never really know how it goes over in, in, in America or different, different audiences. So yeah. it's nice to hear that you guys have been made way, well aware of that show as well. Well, it's funny. A lot of our listeners, I'm, the majority of our listeners now are, are from the U.S. And it's hilarious. There, there seems to be this surgence or resurgence of, of, of appreciation for Canadian uh, television, especially a lot, a lot of these American people who are schooling me anyway on, Oh, you got, you have to watch this Canadian show called whatever. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and, uh, and, and turning around and watching it going, Oh, well, yeah, that is actually quite good. And, and yeah. it's funny. It's so Canadian of me not to know what, what the great stuff is coming out of this, this, you know, this country. Where are you guys from? Where's everybody well, from? We're in there? the Toronto area. So, uh, in Toronto, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And on that topic, it's, it's so fun. I mean, I watch Kim convenience. I love it. And it's, and I see a lot of scenes from the show that are like my surrounding neighborhoods and even a lot of like American productions, you know, you know, in Vancouver, Vancouver is another version of Hollywood North, right? Same with Toronto is so we watch movies, shows that are filmed all over. It's like you said, take place in in New York as an example. But I'm like, no, that's down the street from me. I know that alleyway. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. that building. These are all mm-hmm. Toronto and and or Vancouver mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. So yeah. yeah, it's very heavy in these areas. And, and but it's, it's, I just I assumed you guys were American, so that's no. neat to know you're in the Toronto area. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're in Toronto, and it's what, what's interesting. There's a very big difference between Canadian content and. Uh, shows and movies shot in Canada and because there's so much like you know whether it's the boys uh, which Mm -hmm. is a big popular show on on Amazon that's exclusively shot in Toronto and you know I don't think of that show as a Canadian show Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there's there's definitely a difference there well and down the street down the street from where Matt and I work is the studio uh, that's responsible for Handmaid's Tale and I just actually learned recently that a a friend of mine is a is a photographer is a director of photographer's assistant on the show or something so i mean yeah there's so much production happening up here uh but only recently does it seem like we're finally saying you know what we're, we're toronto playing toronto or we're vancouver playing exactly. vancouver mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's glad that we have uh canadians who are backing our shows and our content as well and mm-hmm. we have we have i mean you guys know we have some of the best content makers the writers actors yeah. Our musicians, we have like three oh, okay. out of the top five musicians in the world right now. Yeah. And it's been this way for a long time. You know, you look at the pattern in America, there was a lot of Canadian actors, we'll say for this conversation's sake, who went down there to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we could name a bunch off, you know, off the top of our hand, Mike Myers and Seth Rogen and oh, the yeah. list continues. Yeah, Ryan, Reynolds, Ryan, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. And he comes back to Vancouver and shoots Deadpool in Vancouver, which yeah. is awesome. He gets to hire a bunch of Canadians and crew members and gets to give back to the community. It's, it's put so much into the economy yeah. and it's funny. Like we, there's this, this stigma with Canadian content, which has been around for a very long time. And now I think with technology and knowledge, we don't, I think the stigma is no longer valid because we can create content that is world-class. We have the tools, we have the, uh, the, the players. Now we just need to continue to highlight them and, and not run away from our stories. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for the next couple of years here in, in Canada. Yeah, we've had the existing studio system now for a while because we haven't so many shows have been shot and produced up here. And we had the, the writing talent. But so only recently have they started marrying the two, which is weird that it hadn't yeah. happened sooner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes here. Mm-hmm. And like I, I've, I've, I've uh, purchased the options to the rights of a book here in Vancouver. Oh. called The Last Gang in Town. Mm-hmm. 
now. It's very early in the production phase, but it's just it's just like a side project passion thing for me that it's a story in Vancouver. We'll see if we can get it made on whatever platform that is. Right. Again, a story from just around literally blocks away from where I've, I've lived in the past. Yeah. And that's awesome. We'll see. We'll see how yeah. it Very goes. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, and thanks to letter Kenny. Hopefully it, it opens the doors for you to, to make that happen. Right. And it's, and because of letter Kenny, mm-hmm. it's allowed me to think a little bit differently. I'm no longer in the, the hamster wheel of, what's my next audition? What's my next job? What's my next audition? What's my next job? I can yeah. kind of just have a little bit of job security, mm-hmm. which is just unheard of in, in this mm-hmm. line of work. And it allows my brain to just think a little bit differently, you know, yeah. instead of scrambling, I'm like, how do I actually position myself using this success of the show? Okay. That's fantastic. Last question before we get to letter Kenny, your latest film called a picture perfect wedding. So that just got released. Uh, can you tell us a bit about what, uh, about this uh, story? Yeah, so it's uh, it, it came after COVID, and uh, my lovely lady Emily is the lead. Actually, so oh, nice. it was it came down into this. They were looking for COVID couples, and uh, we happened to be one of those COVID couples. So it, it's a uh, it's it's her her uh, story about uh, a photographer who is trying to find her way in that uh, in that world, and uh, she gets invited to a wedding, and then. It, we'll see what happens from there. <laughs> Incredible. That's amazing though, that, that you guys great. get to do it together. What, mm-hmm. a, what an experience. It was, it was an amazing experience. It was right kind of after things started to open back up again, it was the summer of uh, 2020. So it was still very strange, but everyone was wearing masks. I think it was like the fourth uh, or fifth production to come back in North America after mm-hmm. COVID. So it was still very new, you know, we were still figuring it out, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and uh, you know, it is, a romantic comedy movie mm-hmm. of the week. So they're definitely a certain style. Um, but uh, we had a lot of fun making it and it was, uh, the director was awesome. No. Yeah. Picture perfect wedding. It's got a different name than when we filmed it, but I like oh, the yeah. name that it has now. Yeah. yeah. How, how is it, is it difficult to navigate between acting and when you're, especially if you're acting with your actual partner, like, is it, is it, is it tricky to maneuver that? those scenes um or is it easier no, i guess because, it just makes it easier yeah yeah and and it's just it's just a respect thing you know you would just respect any co-worker and uh it was pretty easy to be honest mm-hmm. yeah and we got to run our lines uh at mm-hmm. home so it was uh made a lot easier as well that's fantastic <laughs> Very good. Yeah, and she was the she was the lead, so she could have fired me if uh, oh. <laughs> if, if I was if I was acting up, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's a power power struggle there. So exactly, yeah. Even though you weren't a regular cast member, you had a recurring role on Supernatural, which is another kind of big cult favorite show. Uh, did that prepare you at all for being on a cult favorite show now, like Letter Kenny? That's a great question, and the answer would be yeah, I, yes, I would say because. Um, you know, I, I showed up season one of that show and I was 18. That would be in like right maybe two years after that uh, Romeo episode or maybe not even two years after that Rome, Romeo episode I mentioned. Um, season one, they didn't know what the show was going to be. You know, it was like uh, my episode was about bugs and we were being haunted by like an indigenous spirit that was uh, unleashing uh, insects on the house. And mm-hmm. 
fans consider that one of the least favorite episodes of the entire series. <laughs> and they did 15 seasons. So they made so many episodes. Yeah. And that happens to be one that fans don't necessarily love. I have a fun little story actually about that that, that I could get back to if I remember. Hmm. And then I came back season eight and I did three or four episodes as an angel, a completely different character. And this mm. angel had a very silly hot dog wearing outfit, which was red and white stripes and uh, very, very silly looking. And fans took a liking to the character because he's an angel and they have all these factions uh, and angels being a special one in the show's mythology. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got invited to a few conventions um, over the past number of years. So I've, been able to go and sign autographs and meet and greet fans and take pictures and do Q and A's. And uh, at first I was a little uh, intimidated because I don't know very much about the show. You know, you, you're kind of a hired gun, especially on a show that's going 15 seasons, right? It's like, you can do some background work, but I didn't have, uh, you know, 15 years of life to, uh, to, to dedicate to it. So, so you get asked these questions on stage and you just have to be honest with the fans. Like, Hey, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> and, and then from there they laughed and it was all good and they're just happy to interact. And, and, uh, I got to go to Europe a couple of times for fan conventions and, wow. and throughout America a few times. So, um, you know, this, uh, it's really neat for me to receive, uh, posts on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm way better on Instagram than I am at Twitter. I'm, not very good on Twitter mm -hmm. to see fans tweeting and posting um, their cosplay. Mm -hmm. You know, they're dressing up for their friend's super soft birthday party <laughs> or they're, uh, they're, they're going, they're going to another event and they're mm -hmm. dressing up as the characters. It's, I just find that so amazing uh, to have people, you know, be so inspired that they would make their outfit or, or go and source their outfit. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's really, really neat to me. I don't think it will ever get old. Uh, for me. And I look forward to the days where maybe there's some Letterkenny conventions and mm -hmm. a bunch of little skidlets in black <laughs> running <laughs> around, and, <laughs> you know, like, you know, whatever, right? Like I, uh, I look I forward to that. I sense yeah, a marketing opportunity. I sense a marketing opportunity there for like a candy called <laughs> skidlets, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. All, all, all black. Yeah. <laughs> Chip your teeth. <laughs> so black jaw make, make you look like a meth head because your teeth are all broken. Oh my, that would be funny. <laughs> That'd be really funny. They yellow your teeth. They just like slowly. Anyway. Uh, uh, all right. Let's talk about Letter Kenny now. I mean, this is a Letter Kenny podcast. How did you become involved with Letter Kenny? Where did it start for you? Well, I did a mini series many years ago. You guys being Canadians may mm -hmm. be familiar. It was the Don Cherry mini series. Yep. Um, I played young Don Cherry to Jared Kiso's adult Don, Don Cherry. Mm -hmm. So I played Don from 15 to 20 and Jared played Don from 21 to 65 or something. <laughs> no, there's know? range right there. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and Jared and I always joked because he's, I think, three years older than me or something. So we always, <laughs> we always found it quite, quite funny. I'm, I'm, I've always been very youthful looking. And mm -hmm. actually that audition, I went in, I was in Toronto at the time and I went to the audition and I had a good little, I had a good read and the director goes, um, you know, Tyler, what hand are you? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm right-handed. He goes, oh, Don was left-handed. I'm like, did I say right-handed? I definitely, <laughs> I definitely meant left-handed. And, uh, and uh, I left the room and uh, he told me later that he turned to the casting director and was like, that is the most confident 15-year-old I've ever met. <laughs> 
and I was probably 23, you know, <laughs> 24. Yeah. Casting director's like, no, no, no. He's a full-on adult, yeah. you know. <laughs> he can drink that's here. How I got, exactly. So that's how I got that job. And then Jared and I became instant friends. And he was living in Vancouver at the time. So we would get together, go to the beach, and just kind of hang out. And he uh, was making a lot of web series, uh, web webisodes or freaking mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them. He, Cause he did those uh, blue Jay ones as well. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those ones, the but blue, uh, they're, they're quite, he did some other ones that mm -hmm. were, were very funny as well. And Calgary flames ones. He was, he's just a very creative guy. Mm -hmm. And he told me that he wanted to get letter Kenny made into a, a TV series. And I was like, Hey, he's like, I'd like you to be one of these kids, you know, cigarettes, smoking, meth doing. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I don't really know what gave you that, <laughs> gave you that impression. I'm like, but I'd love to do that. Um, and then years later he, he, uh, he kind of got the green light for auditions and the email. Um, I saw a bunch of my friends auditioning for the show and I didn't really think anything of it because I knew Jared being my friend, if mm -hmm. there was something appropriate, he would reach out to me. And, uh, I ended up emailing my, my agent just being like, so where's this at? What's happening with it? I got the audition. I threw it on tape. Jared tells me they weren't hiring anyone else from the West coast because there's major costs and flying people and mm -hmm. putting them up and mm -hmm. da da da. And, uh, he says, but when you sent that tape, I said, I, I had to tell the, you know, the, that bell that this is the guy. And, uh, that's kind of what happened. It was like, he told me about it. He was developing it. It kind of came. I didn't want to miss the boat. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that go into casting it. And I threw a tape down and the rest is history. So he's like, he called me a few weeks later and he's like, Hey buddy, uh, I wanted to call you before your agent does. Cause that's just the way he is. He's just the classiest guy in the freaking world. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I want you to come to Sudbury. We're going to put a dirty black wig on you and we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so that's Stu kind of long-winded version. No, that's, that's great. I appreciate all the details. So Stuart is, is probably the most tragic character in letter Kenny on the show anyway. And just so, just to give you some, some context, we're at season at the end, nearing the end of season five. So we're, we're still kind of halfway through. So up until now, you know, so are you pacing yourself through the show or are you, yeah. are you as far as your podcast? Yeah, you our, our, no, our podcast. No, Matt and I have seen all all of it. Well, Matt hasn't seen season nine. I have. Uh, Victor and Tanya. Uh, I've this held is, off for the sake yeah, of the cast. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good, though. That's yeah. good. I appreciate that. Yeah. I love watching reaction videos online all the time. <laughs> yeah. So this is, I mean, this gotta, is this is an after show. So we, we react to each episode. So but Matt and I are kind of the fanboys. Victor and Tanya are, you know, they're, they're still trying to be uh, convinced. Um, <laughs> well, you, you, you know, for, just, just for the fun of it, mm -hmm. we, we, within inside the letter Kenny world mm -hmm. universe, we introduced a rating system. So yes. the rating system is, uh, you know, compared to other shows, it's uh, everything is beautiful, but within, so just for fun and give it to create some, some, uh, um, you know, controversy and whatnot. We have that as well. So it's it, it right. makes it for a fun, fun conversation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A, a little uh, a grade of, of uh, mm -hmm. the episodes that you guys deem your favorite and exactly. your least of your favorite. Yeah, it you leads got to it. your favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it leads to some conflict, and uh, but that's always fun. Uh, you know. Okay, yeah. can I can I circle back mm -hmm. tell you that story about yeah, the uh, bugs? So sure. so uh, Eric Eric Kripke was the uh, creator of Supernatural mm -hmm. uh, and uh, many many successful shows. I was reading for a show called Revolution in America. I was testing, testing, I don't know if it was a test. It was audition two or three. And I walk into the studio 
and uh, I get into the room and John Favreau and mm, uh, wow. Eric Kripke are in the audition room. So I'm like, okay, this is a big deal. This is, you know, doing whatever. I'm here. Do your thing. And Eric Kripke goes, oh my gosh, you're on Supernatural. I was like, yeah, I did the first season. I was in this episode called Bugs. He goes, oh yeah, you know, the uh, fans, they consider that the least, the worst episode, he said worst. They consider that the worst episode we made. And he goes, yeah, you know, it's just this, 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 and this. And he starts going into detail as to why it was the worst episode ever. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm standing at the front of this audition room with these two legends. And I'm trying to like keep my composure. Yeah. And he's just telling me about how I was a part of the worst episode of the <laughs> television series that he made. So, and uh, then John John Favreau at some point was like, "Hey, maybe we just let the kid read." And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let him read." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Thanks." And I did oh the audition. God. It was just like, wow. And he was just being nice. He yeah. was just being conversational. Mm-hmm. He was trying to make me feel welcome, right. you know, by like just engaging in a conversation. But for like, you know, the young guy like me, I just it was just so much to handle, you know. And John Favreau could probably see it all over my face. Like, let's fair. just let this kid. Before he like all you know combust here. So yeah, anyway. after all the pressure of that conversation, all right. Now go ahead and read, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, just so you know, the then, the seed for this podcast was that uh, Tanya uh, saw me watching Fart Book <laughs> and said, "What the fuck are you watching?" Yeah. And uh, and thought that was it was the dumbest thing she'd ever seen. And so then I convinced her to be on here so that we can convince her that it's actually the greatest show ever. <laughs> uh, and when it came time to review Fart Book. Her, she, and Victor both gave it our highest rating, fresh. While Matt and I, who are the fanboys, are kind of like, yeah, no, it's it's kind of a compost. It's not it's not one of our favorites. So people love it and people hate it. But one thing you could say about Fartbook is it was very unique yeah. in its uh, choice, and we kind of learned early that maybe there is not a place that's too far for us to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we refer to a lot of those episodes like these concept episodes because yeah. it was very much the what the the social network style show. And it was yeah. it was really yeah. smart how it was done, but it didn't yeah. feel part of the show and it was very different. Yeah. And it was, yeah, yeah. But it showed Some people a love whole, it. Some people hate it. It showed a whole <laughs> new side though of the skids and especially your yeah. your character that I yeah. really enjoyed. Cause leading up to that, it was like, why what is this crazy dancing people doing? Like <laughs> I didn't are, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, my reaction to the skids were WTF. Uh, <laughs> what are they doing? Why are they here? Oh, you can't even imagine some of the tweets and comments I got the first few seasons. But that was like, and it's still, like, it's still on my number five, uh, top five. Yeah, it's still in uh, top five. Where- I will not, I will not remove it because yeah, it was my one moment where I'm like, I get it. And I like yeah. the skids now. And I'm like, I, I, yeah. I see their value. And, that, and that's like pure letter Kenny, those first couple seasons, mm-hmm. you know, before the fa- the fans. Uh, Ruined I mean, it. There were some fans who were there. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just but just like <laughs> there just comes all these other pressures and outside influences mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, when you start to know that Edward Norton's watching the show, I know, right? That's crazy. The show, yeah. it's just, just sort of like okay, like it's, uh, it's not just it's not just us, you know, being silly, thinking mm-hmm. it's a um, an extended YouTube series anymore mm-hmm. because it's not the case. So mm-hmm. I, I think that fart book and I think some of those early episodes are really sweet for how genuinely. Letterkenny is still very much Letterkenny. I'm not saying it's changed, but that was just a special moment. Some of those episodes, I think, you know, before we even really knew what was going on, we're just having fun and making some television. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
so I want to try to get to our listener questions as soon as possible because we we have a hard yeah. stop with you. And, I, and I, can, I can go to 3L. Uh, my day is oh. shifted, so I've gotten until 3 o'clock. Okay, yeah. thanks, Tyler. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, just just a few questions on, on the following season because uh, production starts soon, right? In May? Is that when, uh, when you guys are going to start shooting? I'm not totally sure we're hoping to film episodes in the near future mm-hmm. i'm i'm just saying super optimistic because oh. we we you know i don't have anything set in stone i'm just going to stay optimistic and hope the world continues to move in right. a positive yeah. trajectory yeah for sure okay but our plan is to make episodes again where we have plans to make more episodes yeah and they'll probably be some of the best episodes yet right to be honest with right. you <laughs> because jared and and the crew have had so much time to write mm-hmm. and it's they're they're going to be they're going to be. Well, I'm just going by. I think uh, what uh, what um, um, Jacob Tierney said in in the last AMA that he did that, that the plan I think was was spring and around May that you guys were going to start shooting, uh, and was that? But do you know is that going to be for seasons ten and eleven, or do do you not even know that far yet? I am not the one to say too much. Mm-hmm. If uh, you want someone to say too much, Jacob uh, apparently doesn't give a shit. So uh, I, can I swear? Yeah, of course. Yeah. We, oh, yeah, we, oh, yeah, yeah. No, We listen to Letter Kenny. Let, let it go. I was going to say, this is a Letter Kenny well, podcast. When you said whoa, and it's like, guys, just to be clear, I meant that very jokingly to Jacob. Like, he is my friend. Yeah, you yeah. guys all got very serious there. I was like, oh, no. no. I thought we were getting some real talk here. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you leaning into it. Yeah. Um, we, we, we have plans to make a number of episodes for mm. sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, what, let's Stop so- asking me the tough questions, Al. Sorry. Uh, let's let's go back to the softball. <laughs> let's talk about live tours. Uh, when did they start? And um, did you imagine them being so popular? They started probably. Oh man, time is so weird now yeah, that like you have to add on a year every time right. you're thinking of a memory. You yeah. know. Um, so probably two and a half, three years ago, maybe. Hmm. Um, they did a, a test tour. They did. Uh, I think they did uh i don't remember how many shows they did but there was only a small uh small group of, of the cast that went out there and they had such a great time they said and the reception was beautiful and then they extended it to the rest of the cast which was letter kenny live uh that we went out in 2020 and uh, we had 42 shows lined up mm-hmm. i think we only got eight or nine of them complete and uh we didn't know how they were going to sell you know you know that there's lots of folks tweeting and Instagramming and we know that we have a very strong faithful fan base mm-hmm. but when the tickets were released that day and Jared was sending all of our uh, we got a group chat a couple group chats and he was sending you know he'd send like uh, Cleveland sold out you know and then a couple minutes later he'd say you know Seattle sold out wow. and a few minutes later he'd say New Jer- you know Ju- New Jersey sold out and it was just like throughout the day it was just like we were all it was such a cool experience yeah. we're all in the different cities and we got to kind of he's very good at including us in like wins like that, you know, cause he could very easily not have contacted us and we could have had no idea how things were going, but uh, he likes to keep us in the loop and he's very much a team guy. So we, uh, after that first day of ticket sales, I think it was even pre-sales, you know, we were all pleasantly surprised and very, very excited to get on the road. And then when we did get on the road, those first eight shows were incredible, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, yeah, you know, you being on set, you uh, you know, you do the same scene a few times, and sometimes you make the crew members laugh, and if you can, you you try and make your cast members laugh a little bit. But mm-hmm. walking onto stage, my first show, 
um, you know, I had like a Britney Spears headpiece in, you know, and it was like, uh, I had in-ears and I had never experienced in-ears before. And I walked on stage and there was hundreds of people our first night and I could hear myself go, <sighs> wow. I could hear it in my in-ears and it's like, okay, buddy, there's nowhere to run. <laughs> Take one more, one more deep breath to get the lines out, you know? And, uh, and after that first show we were rolling and, um, we just really started to feel like we were getting into the rhythm of it. And then unfortunately, uh, you know, COVID hit, we'd done a show in Detroit for 4,000, I think 4,300 people in Detroit. Wow. wow. And, uh, and it was again, like one of the top probably five experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy you just can't even begin to describe everyone's there for your cast mm-hmm. to laugh at your jokes to maybe say the punchline before you, if they can, you know? Um, and then we got on a bus, we drove to Buffalo and then the following day, the tour was postponed. So it was yeah. like this super high to this super confusing period yeah. in time where it was ultra paranoid. And, um, yeah, it's wild to think about, you know, because we just gotten started on that. And I know everyone has their story for where they were when things kind of yeah. halted there. And we were, we were literally on a tour bus, uh, just entered America. So that's crazy. Um, we, we were hoping that when it resumes, we'll have an opportunity to, to catch one in Toronto, if ever there's another one. Cause, uh, it sounds like a lot and of fun. There's going to be, we're, we are hoping to go back and do that again. Obviously mm-hmm. that is dependent on a lot of yeah. variables yeah. Yeah. in a lot of cities. Mm-hmm. Um, Such we, we, you know, time. Oh, yeah, there is light at the end of the tunnel, but yeah. I didn't know you guys were drinking. No one told me that. I had a cappuccino. I would have grabbed a little something. Grab but. something. Grab something. Grab a we bucket. Can wait. Yeah. Okay. okay. We can wait. <laughs> we'll, we'll riff while you do that. <laughs> Matt, we lost you for a second there. What oh, happened? it Did was you? it was the it was the puppers. He came running out, yeah. took out my whole computer, oh, disrupted Jesus. my internet, oh my and uh, oh I ran. I went running into the house to check my internet, and uh, when I came back, thankfully it reconnected. I'm like, hope I didn't miss anything good but well yeah. i'm sure i did but regardless we'll yeah you missed up. the best part of the episode oh Matt, we were laughing yeah. oh, yeah. oh man he, re- he revealed all the inside <laughs> scoops didn't he tyler was super charming <laughs> oh, it's, so oh, it's not a, it's not a beer but uh it's a vodka mm-hmm. so cheers 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 everybody all right cheers. Uh, that was my tea. I didn't have a beer either. I should get, go get one. Well, I almost called that out as soon as it came on with this cappuccino because I cracked a beer. Then I was like, I got a tea. And then you had yeah. a cappuccino. I'm like, this is the softest interview I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, it's two o'clock here, you know? We're yeah. still, we still got some daylight. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. You, you, get, you get an excuse. I didn't want to show up with a bottle of whiskey at 2 p.m. on, on this interview. And, this yeah. is a judgment-free zone. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're Tanya. All right. So we, we, have, we have a bunch of uh, listener questions. I mean, when, when we announced that you were going to come on and it happened really quickly by the way thank you so much for for uh yes you asking us if you could come on that's that's exactly how it happened um class act <laughs> uh so glad you finally accepted yeah there you go so we have some questions from from some of our listeners on our private uh, dm group here so uh, uh the first few are from someone named uh what do you mean i'm, I'm not awesome and uh she she would love to hear um <laughs> Uh, any embarrassing slash sweet stories about Jared Kiso? She's a big, a bit of a fan. So do you have any, maybe, you know, stories about on set or something that you can share? Uh, embarrassing or sweet stories. Uh, <laughs> honestly, there are countless sweet stories with Jared Kiso. He's the, uh, he really is one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, well, when uh, one time Emily came to set 
and uh, was uh, I was introducing him to Jared, Jared, uh, <laughs> while the vodka kicked in. Um, Fast and uh, he uh, he had a uh, he had a mustard shirt, a mustard stain on his shirt, and he was so embarrassed. It was uh, a very very sweet moment because no one gave a shit that he had a mustard stain on his shirt, but he couldn't handle that he was making a first impression with uh, with a stain on his white t-shirt. So it just like he is a good old boy. Oh, who so. likes to, you know, present himself in a, in a manner. And, uh, it was just a really sweet, like human moment, you know, because he's the boss, right? Like mm-hmm. I know him as a close friend. We talk, we talk, we text all the time. We confide mm-hmm. in each other. We're friends. But when he's on set, he is the boss, right? Yeah. He is the, he is the producer. He's the writer. He's the star. And the list goes on and on and on. So, he, he he is very much in work mode. He's very playful and he uh, can be himself. But just seeing him flustered in a in a very <laughs> meaningless moment like that was really cute. Yeah, that's very much like his character, uh, Wayne. I think you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Another one from Awesome. I ask him if he'll hang out with us on Discord. So Awesome, she's a she's a moderator on both the Reddit and Discord, and and I guess she's trying to uh, see if you'll uh, join maybe for an AMA or something on. Uh... Oh, I, I could do something like that. I don't know exactly what Discord is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a is it a <laughs> chat? It's a bit of app? a chat community slash app. Uh, very, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I've got a son who uses it all the time, but yeah, there's I would a, do an AMA. Yeah. All right. I'll let her know. And, uh, and, and maybe we'll, we'll uh, reach out. Uh, and one last, great. you could, Sorry? you could ask me anything, but mm-hmm. I will only answer what I want. Of course. So you can change Absolutely. the name to ask me anything, yeah. comma, but I only answer what I want. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, final one here from awesome. Uh, she just wants to know if rolled is what uh, got, uh, I can't say this word canonically pro- possessed in the Halloween episode. All right. So, so the Halloween episode rolled gets possessed or acts like he's possessed. And she wants to know if uh, that's actually what we're supposed to believe or, or what happened or whether he was, oh, just- that's what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her talk. Into yeah real that, talk was, now. that was Evan actually possessed. possessed. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be a Halloween episode. It just, <laughs> no, yeah. we had to do reshoots. Yeah. It started with that oh scene and we built an episode gosh. around it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> speaking yeah. of rolled uh, or Evan, uh, somebody here, Stephen, I think. Is there any specific development, uh, anything specific they developed for Stuart and Rolled together? Uh, he's thinking kind of uh, more like the the force choke thing, or um, so, you know, him calling you Stuart. Those kinds of things. Were those things kind of did they uh, kind of organically happen, or were they written into the script, or, or how did some of those come about? Evan and I have a great relationship mm-hmm. um we get together days before we're on camera and we run our lines relentlessly again 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 <clears throat> excuse me because some days we have a lot of dialogue and a lot of the time i don't know what Stuart is saying i have to google <laughs> countless <laughs> words in my dialogue so we get together and we rehearse 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 and sometimes we'll find funny moments that we want to bring to set and it's just because we feel really comfortable with, with each other. So we, uh, he might try something and then I'll, he'll get a reaction out of me and then I'll try something and he will react to what I've done. So the force was something that came out of just us playing around. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we enter scenes with, you know, weird movements or dance dancing and we exit scenes. That's just us being silly. And, uh, there's uh, countless 
one-liners, I shouldn't say countless, but there are many one-liners that we've thrown in at the end of takes just out of fun. Like uh, that recent one, I think it was last season. Some, one of the characters mentioned something about sex and then Evan and I go, sex, 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 sex. <laughs> We're at the end of the bar and all the characters look at us like, you know, and that was just something that he and I were mm-hmm. being playful in the moment yeah. and it, it made the show. So yeah. we were very, very um, prepared. We come very prepared. And because of that, we're able to mess around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And one of the strange, one of the funniest exits, uh, we just uh, watched that episode recently with uh, Hard Right Jay, where uh, you guys are yeah. talking talking to the to the Hicks, and uh, and then you just you just <laughs> fall fall backwards, and they carry you out of the room. I'm thinking, what the heck just happened? <laughs> yeah. well, what the hell was that? <laughs> that was improvised. Yeah, that was improvised. The first time we did that. It was like, uh, I think it was in maybe the first take. I don't know who was the one that was used, but I said, like, I went, I, I put my arms out and I said, catch me or something. And I fell backwards <laughs> and they caught me. And they were like, let's do it again, but take the catch me out. You know, so sometimes you have like a really funny moment that you're like, this might make the crew laugh. It might mm-hmm. make the director laugh and it might not make the show. Sometimes Jacob, our director, will just say, hey, that was funny, but leave it out because it takes away from the joke later in the scene or yeah. it doesn't necessarily fit. So it's it, it we got to have so much fun on this show we really do awesome steven asks uh i mean stuart uh, the character stuart is known for 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 a certain attribute uh a certain <laughs> oversized attribute and uh whether that <laughs> has ever gotten you any negative attention <laughs> in real life <laughs> i mean how do you it get- would take a certain person to be negatively affected by that attention. <laughs> yeah. He also wanted to yeah. see if Tanya would get distracted by that question, which uh, I get distracted yeah. by no, the she, D on the show. I get that. Well, that's an ongoing joke on our cast. Yeah, 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 that's an ongoing joke here that Tanya's always distracted by the D. So, <laughs> Al, Al, you can remind him that in uh, uh, in in the in, in the uh, uh, well, my goodness, that show, the Winnipeg show. Uh, there's a uh, Corner, yeah, less, 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 no, less than kind. There's a, oh, a couple kind. of nu- nudity scenes there. So. Oh, is there? Oh, have you seen the show, Victor? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, that was the... Oh, my God. Wait a minute. My, nudity, I, who's nude in it? Really? Oh. Okay. So this might be an exclusive to our listeners. If Write anybody wants to... I need to... <laughs> All right, this podcast just shifted. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. I love it. <laughs> well, what you I've been telling you guys to watch that show. My goodness, Tanya's uh, going going right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, there's a there's a very funny scene in Less Than Kind where I was uh, I knew that I it was early on in the show for me too. I had to be naked. My character was streaking. And I tucked my uh, male bits into like a uh, like a, a sock, right? They have like these really silly socks that you put your stuff in so no one sees you. It really is kind of weird because you can kind of see everything anyway. And it's just like a weird bag on it. And it's like, it honestly felt like kind of a little stranger than just being a normal human being. But um, the scene is I walk away from camera. Mm-hmm. Look at Victor with his shit eating grin on <laughs> And uh, he likes doing that. He likes throwing a grenade uh, grenade and walking away. So that's what he just did. (laughs) I walk away from the camera and it pans down and you see, you know, you see my butt and then underneath my butt, right before it cuts, you see something dangling. So it just, it's like, and it's like, it's very effective in, in, in the comedic scene. And I was 
so unaware that that it was going to go to that extent. So when I watch it for the first time, I was kind of gobsmacked as well. Oh, wow. uh, but uh, that, that that's out there forever. So uh, <laughs> now it's on the podcast. <laughs> Can't undo that shit. No, no. <laughs> and, and now all the listeners are going to be downloading uh, episodes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that show is so great. You know that that ends up being uh, you know just one of the fun little tidbits. Mm-hmm. Uh, no pun. But, uh, <laughs> oh my god, Victor! <laughs> but yeah, go go and enjoy all the seasons. It's a great show. Tyler, I Thanks, I apologize buddy. for for Victor's behavior today. This uh, this is you know can't take him anywhere. Um, our friend Redbeard, he just wants to thank you for helping uh, give us such an incredible show to get us through this COVID nightmare. Um, hell, it brought us all here. And he's he, here. He means the Twitter DM community that we've kind of created around our podcast. Uh, we, we, you know, have a lot of fun talking about the show, but also talking about each other's lives and stuff. And, and it all, you know, it all came from, from our, our love of uh, Letter Kenny. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, thanks for watching, guys. And and like like I mentioned, uh, being able to to experience the, the live tour with some fans was mm-hmm. really incredible. We got to meet and greet and shake hands because you know you could you could D, you could text and DM all day long, but when you really get to meet the people who are supporting the show, uh, it means the world to us. And that's why I wanted to come here today and hang out with you guys for a bit. And the AMA is something that I would definitely do as well. Yeah, yeah. Cool. we so appreciate. Now I got two quick questions. Mm-hmm. So on that same note, how often? And I have to assume this happens. Are you out and about, and you just had a randomly here start? <laughs> and, and and how do you react if that happens? <laughs> it's wild. Out on the west coast, we don't get it as much. Okay. Uh, but out in Toronto and other cities, like you, you know, I definitely have that experience. Usually I will get it in Vancouver when I go to a Canucks game or a lacrosse game. It's kind of the demographic that's watching the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll go to the, I'll go into the bar and the bartender might recognize me or like I do get recognized at sporting events. Uh, but Evan, my co-star gets recognized all the time because he's a little uh, more unique looking. I'd say he's very mm-hmm. uh, definitive in his appearance and he's, <laughs> he gets, uh, he gets, he says, he says guys pick him up at the bar and like like lift him up at the bar not try to oh like pick him up at the bar wow. guys lift him up at the bar and yeah he's uh, well, and Dylan Playfair gets it all the time because mm-hmm. uh, he's got that jaw and he's oh, got yeah. the long hair you can't mistake him either he's got the surfer yeah, and, dude and look, I guess yeah. and I guess without your wig you get to sort of hide in plain mm-hmm. sight a bit more right <laughs> usually they'll look at my face and then when it's a realization you'll have that moment where they're like uh, no way like you're the guy yeah <laughs> meanwhile that's i'm awesome. taking a picture of, of them with dylan you know yeah. like yeah. i'm a picture guy yeah that's awesome. and then and then al i know i know you're going to begin to wrap this thing up but i have one last question i've asked every guest you know you've already sort of talked about this such an unapologetically canadian show becoming i basically it's already is a cult it's a cult phenomenon it's just growing spreading how does it feel um being a part of this like as a whole, just just in general, how does it feel to be a part of this show? Uh, I'm very, very proud um, to be part of it. I, I'm a very proud Canadian through through my entire life. I grew up playing hockey, lacrosse. I watched Hockey Night in Canada. I uh, this is exactly where I want to be. To be honest with you, is on a Canadian show, uh, uh, telling Canadian stories. And Jared's done a great job of incorporating all sorts of Canadian stories into our show. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's made it, he's done a good job of like touching on story points and things that need to be discussed without like, 
without patronizing or making you feel like you're a bad person if you disagree. And mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I'm absolutely very, very proud. I hope to make Canadian stuff for the rest of my life. And that doesn't, and you know, if America calls, like mm -hmm. I'm happy to go to New York or New Orleans or <laughs> I'd go to Alabama. I mean, I'm happy to work anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of American friends that I've worked with, but I just, as far as like uh, being a part of this Canadian show, I'm very proud. Awesome. Uh, Thanks. A couple more uh, messages from our listeners. One, uh, hey, tie dye guy, say hi to your cat Mika for me, even though we haven't been properly introduced. Hello to your nice lady, Emily, and that I'm proud to call him a friend, coworker, or, or whatever <laughs> actors refer to themselves to. I already know to. who it is. Yeah, <laughs> Working with he's actors. He's the only guy who calls me tie-dye guy. There yeah, you go. He's the only guy. <laughs> Skid yeah. for life, brother. Love you and love to you and yours, plywood. So, yes, uh, he's been on our, our podcast, and 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 uh, he's he's a really good friend of the show. And and I so I reached out to him and asked him if he had any, any message for you, and, and this is what he gave me. We text every few days. He texts me and checks in and he's, uh, he is someone who is very much an actual skid. Uh, he recommends <laughs> like heavy, heavy music to me and he's him, you know, Patton and Danny, um, our two other skids have been freaking troopers mm -hmm. day one. They, they love coming to work. And while it may seem like they don't do much in some scenes, they're always contributing fun not much choices, you know, mm -hmm. whether Danny's staring right into the corner or yeah. Pat's hitting his vape or doing like they they're very much a part of our skid crew. And, and Pat's someone who, uh, we, you know, when we, uh, when we're filming the show, we'll go out for beers and play some, some pool and stuff like that. So Pat's become a good friend of mine. And, uh, he's, uh, one of a kind, that guy. Very cool. Uh, Steven found your Honda for sale in the buy, sell trade uh, listings for $400. They claim it's the actual car you drove in season two. And he wants to know why you're selling the car. <laughs> <laughs> this your face says it all. Oh my gosh! <laughs> is that a real thing? Yeah, yeah. I saw he saw I saw the ad. He posted a picture of the ad. I mean, he it could have been doctored, I guess. But yeah, the green Honda that you uh, you drive in that. I was I was mentioning actually that's one of my favorite moments of uh, just kind of something that happened was when I throw the jacket over my head and I have to dodge the dodge my own jacket. Yeah, that was just something that kind of happened in that moment, you know, which is. It's fun when you feel so free and be silly on a show because, uh, you know, the worst thing is Jacob just tells you that was funny, but don't do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One last quick, really quick one from our friend Crystal. When Stuart gets jacked slash shredded at the end of season eight, uh, was he always that jacked or did he downplay it or did you have some crazy muscle building binge for that part of the show? Jared asked me if I could, uh, if he thought I could put on 10 pounds of muscle. And I said, sure. Uh, not really knowing what that entailed. And uh, I just spent half of a year um, bulking up. That was, it, 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 you know, that was my entire life for half of a year. I didn't, uh, I didn't drink. I didn't socialize because I knew if I had a couple of beers, I'd want half a pizza and then I'd wake up and want bacon and eggs. And then I'd probably just continue. As one cycle. does. So yeah. It's like, that's how I function. I have some beers and then I eat garbage and then I wake up and I eat garbage and then the cycle continues. So I, you know, I go, I got up, I'd eat oatmeal and eggs and fruit and then I'd have chicken and rice and then I'd have chicken and rice and then I'd have a fruit smoothie and then I'd have steak and rice and then I'd go to sleep and then oh no I'd have a yogurt and protein before I go to sleep uh and then I just re repeat and I was working out and working out and working out it was crazy I was I've never been more insecure 
about my appearance than when I was in the best shape of my life. Wow. You know, it's, it's weird how that works. It's like, mm-hmm. I was overanalyzing everything. It was an amazing experience. I got to challenge myself in a way that like, maybe I would not have done had I not had the responsibility of the entire show. Cause like people can go to the gym and like half ass it and then I'll go tomorrow and whatnot. But I was like, I have Jared mm-hmm. relying on me and like, yeah. I, can't, I, I can't show up and the, the jokes wouldn't fly if I'm not bigger, you know, the jokes just wouldn't be funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was an amazing experience that maybe I could try and find some balance, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like half of that and half of my current state. Yeah. <laughs> Life's all about balance. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm still trying to find it. This last year threw me, uh, threw me off a bit. So, all right. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today. Any plugs? Yeah. Uh, where can folks catch your latest movie, A Perfect, uh, Picture Perfect Wedding? On City TV, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be posting any sort of links or any access that you guys can get to it. Mm-hmm. I also did a show called Two Sentence Horror Stories. I did an episode of that, and it's um, a fun horror episode. I think you could find on the CW. But uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Hit me up. I'll try and answer. I'm better at Instagram than I am at uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys spending the time and dedicating a uh, you know a podcast to our show. We have a lot of fun making it, and to know that you guys uh, enjoy it uh, almost as much as we do, if not more, really warms my little skid heart. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, and we really appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your busy schedule. I'm sure uh, we're looking forward to uh, more seasons, and uh, and we're hoping to get more cast members on too. So uh, any help you can uh, with, do in that direction would be great. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All yeah. right, <laughs> uh, and we're just playing us off here uh, with a song called "That's It, That's All." We are from "We Are the City." That's a show, uh, song, one of my favorites from the the uh, from Mother Kenny. And that's all we have for this episode. Please rate us on iTunes if you like the show. If you'd like to support us, become a patron. There's a link to our Patreon on our site and Twitter profile at ProtostanPod. We also invite you to visit our website at uh, theprotostanpod.com for episode recaps and a list of our favorite episodes. Thank you for joining us. Now we're going to lay down some cardboard outside the dollar store and do some breakdancing with our new friend Tyler. On behalf of Tyler, Matt, Victor, Tanya, and myself, have a great night. I'll sing.